If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are, get this, His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, members that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision, by which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But, I love that word in the Bible, now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We ask the Lord to touch our hearts and open our minds. Help us see that what we need to see. Help us to be what we need to be in this world today, Father. We'll praise you. We'll glorify you. We give you honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. We have been going through the book of Ephesians uh, for some times now, we just got into the second chapter. We looked at it, everything that was His. What we'll look at this morning goes way beyond that. We've looked at His blood. We've looked at His glory. We've looked at His hands. We've looked at His flesh. But today I want to look at something, though, we are His workmanship. Something made particular by manual labor. In other words, after you and I, uh, we're sometimes that God has put a manual labor into us and put His hands on us, we can see the skill of God that is currently working in our lives today. I mean, just uh, look how messed, you were, messed up you were. Look at verse number 1 of chapter 2. And ye have ye quickened who were dead in trespass and sins, from all in Adam died in sin. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit now that worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had conversations in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and the mind, and that were nature of the children are wrapped even as others. Verse 11, wherefore remember that you are being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by which is a called the uncircumcision, the circumcision in the flesh made by hands that all that time you were without Christ being alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of the promise having to hope, no hope and without God in this world. Paul is saying being confident of this very thing. I want to preach on this thought this morning. We are His workmanship. That means He's doing something with me. The, the old song says, uh, he, he, he hung the moon and stars, Jupiter, Mars, and all that, but He's still working on me. He's still working on me. So if you think about it, I, I want to talk about this, a, a work in progress. And can I say this, this work in progress never ceases until you get face to face with Him. I, I, I know there's some people that think that, well, they have arrived. 
I've gotten there. I don't have to work anymore. But God's always working on me. He's always working on me. Paul said, be confident of this very thing. He that which had begun the good work in you will perform it until, until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, he's not going to quit working on you. He is going to keep doing that which he needs to do on us every day. I've I, I watched these shows on TV where they go in this old house and demolish it and remodel it and make it something beautiful. I had an uncle that loved to take old cars and, and just make them look you again and, and clean old cars. I mean, I don't have that kind of talent. I'm barely going to use a screwdriver in my hand. I've got tools in my shed out there. I don't know what they're for. <laughs> they're just there. I don't know how to use them. But I, I, I admire people who can go into a house and have a vision and a plan to take that house and make it look great. Now, if you was a contractor, if you was going to build you a house, you would build it different for you than you would for anybody else. I mean, you was going to build a house for somebody else. You'll cut corners, use the cheapest wood you can find, cheapest paint that you can find. But well, when it comes to your house, you're going to put everything into it. You're going to go to the big stuff, fine wood, fine paint, use the right tools, make sure it all measured right and everything. Can I say that's what God is doing to you? God says, you are my workmanship, and I'm going to put time and effort into you to make you what I, what He thinks you ought to be. Amen? But we were dead in trespasses. We walked according to this world. We were messed up. We had no value to the Lord Wrapped up in our sin. I, I, there have been some people I know back when I was young and I knew how they lived and how they walked, where they went and where they've been. And somebody would tell me, well, they singing in the choir today. And I said, well, I never saw a singer in that person. I know some people that I could look at them and say, I never saw a deacon in that person. There's some people here that's invited people to come to church and they say, Who's the pastor? They say, Jimmy Woods. Jimmy Woods? <laughs> I never saw a pastor in that man. You're right, they didn't. They didn't, but God did. God saw something in me that I did not see. God is seeing something in you that you do not see. And God says, you are my workmanship. We see something happen. Somebody bought us. Somebody paid a high price for each and every one of us. Somebody bought us with his own blood. And he moved in to that property you and once he once he moved in I'll get to the message in a little bit once he moved in once he moves in he's going to start taking some things out of you 
He's going to get rid of some things out of you. Now, when you see some of these people, they go to a house and they'll gut it. But they don't put nothing back in. But see, when Jesus moves in, when He moves in, He starts taking that old desire for that bottle. He'll take that desire for that smoke. He'll, he'll take that desire to run around. He'll take all that desires that makes you look bad and He moves it out. But He puts something in place of it. You, you can't build a house without something inside. A house, is, a house is not a home until you put a living room suit in it or at least a kitchen table. Amen. Or stove. We've got to have a stove in the house. See, when he moved in, he started taking all that stuff out of you that you once used to love to do. Used to love to drink. Used to love to smoke. Used to love to run around. And that's what the world sees your used to be instead of your noun. So when they ask, come to church, and who's the pastor? And Jimmy Woods? Yeah. <laughs> Me. I can't change what I am. Oh, wait a minute. I couldn't change what I was. In fact, I didn't want to change what I was. I enjoy me. I enjoy what I did. Till somebody moved in. <laughs> now, wait a minute. That ain't right. So he started picking that junk out of me out of the store on the side. You don't need that in your life. Get rid of that. You don't need a desire in your life. Get rid of that. And when he moved out, he started putting desires in my life that I never thought I would want. I never thought I'd love coming to church. In fact, when I go to bed at night, I'm thinking about church. Get up in the morning, I'm thinking about church. I'm praying, Lord, can we go to church today? He said, well, go on over there. Have a good time. I'm doing things that I would not have done if somebody hadn't moved in and changed me. So I want to preach on his workmanship. Some of you ain't at all what you used to be. Even those that were raised in the church, there had to be a moment in time, there had to be a change. Something had to happen. Even those that were born and raised in church, there had to be a moment in time in their life that something happened to them. Now, for those that like me, you living out in the world, you can go right back to that moment in time in your life when there was a change made in you. There was something that happened to your life that changed you to make you what you are today. Amen. God came into your life. And you got saved. And if you like that, the world will sure know there's a difference in your life. The reason why some people can't see is because 
Our lives were so covered up with sin. And if some of you could go back, you'll understand. They would shake their heads. You're just not that person again. He, he takes the stuff out of you and starts putting things in you. We're all his workmanship this morning. If you're saved, now let me just say that, if you're saved, you are his workmanship. There are those in here that have sung karaoke in a club. But now they're singing in a church. <laughs> there are some here that said, I'll never be a Sunday school teacher, but now they're teaching children. Now, there are those that have a desire to teach children, to lead children, and they're, they're doing what God has to them. Because we're workmen, ship of Christ. Bible says, Every man to be in Christ. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. That means all. Ooh. If you're sitting here and you say you're born again, you're still holding on to your past and the things in your past, you're still dribbling down that same walkway. You're not born again. You need to get right with God. Amen. If any man is a new creature, born, he's a new creature, all old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Preaching on his workmanship this morning. Can I tell you, I am not a finished project. I know that I, I'm in Christ, sanctified, but I'm still in this flesh. I'm still in this flesh. And that's what He's still working on me in. On the cross, my salvation was finished. But he hasn't finished with me yet. I, I pray you have never gotten to the place where you stop letting God work on you. Sometimes we let God do a few things in our life and we feel, well, I've had enough change. I've had enough of this. Lord, stop calling me. It doesn't stop with that. The call goes out. The Lord calls. Daily submitting yourself to the things of God. No matter what age you are, you're submitting yourself to the workman not how you think you ought to be, but how He wants you to be. We're not here this morning for me to tell you my opinion on how you should act and how you should walk. I'm here to tell you this morning how God wants you to be. Because you and I are His workmanship. Let me show you three things and we'll go home. First thing I want to show you is the, the habitation of the workmanship. Look at verse 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the house of God, 
and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the buildings fitly framed together, growing up in the holy temple of the Lord, and in whom you also build together for his habitation of God through the Spirit. The Bible says you ought to grow, grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The habitation of God should be continually growing. You are a habitation of God through the Holy Spirit. Do you hear what it said? If you're saved, you are a habitation of God. That is where the, He dwells. That is where He lives, and God lives in you. I want to tell you this. What would make us walk closer, now listen to me, what would make us walk closer and cleaner and do more for the Lord if we get a hold of fact that He lives in us. I would not do a lot of the things that I would have done and I would not do a lot, of, do a lot more things I should have done. If we really get a hold of the fact that the Lord is in us, a lot of times we read it, we say it. We really believe it. The problem is we don't practice it. But if we really get a hold of the fact that God is in me, we are His inhabitation, what I see, He sees. What I hear, He hears. Where I go, He goes. He's working on the inside out. And what he's doing on the inside should come out on the outside. God moved into this sin-infested flesh, run down disobedient body, and said, I'm going to live in this. I'm going to start a renovation project. You're my fixer-upper. He didn't say, I'm going to buy you to flip you. <laughs> he said, I'm going, you are my fixer-upper. Amen. If you're going to build something, you're going to put all your effort into it. You can do all you can say. Do what God wants you to do. He's not flipping you. He says, I'm going to move on to the inside. I'm going to take some things. I'm going to get it on the outside. I'm going to bring some new things in. I'm going to make you my dwelling place. You are my workmanship. I'm sorry I am not the pastor that you wished I was. He's still working on me. I'm sorry, I'm going to hurt your feelings from time to time. He's still working on me. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be what everything that you think I ought to be. He's still working on me. You say, why? Because I'm a building in progress. And guess what? So are you. You're building in progress. 
We are his habitations. You study the Old Testament. God had a temple for his people. In the New Testament, God has a people for his temple. If I said that right, you should have got it. Workmanship is found seven times in your Bible. Once right here, in the, we just read in chapter 2 of Ephesians, and the six times it's found in the Old Testament. And what Paul was doing right here was pointing us back to the temple that God set up for His people. Mm, y'all going to get this when you do? Your old tired knees going to get running and jumping and shouting. So Paul said, hey, we are his workmanship. The Bible says, no, you're not. You're the temple of God. That means God's inside of me. The Old Testament says, hey, this is the temple of God. People come to it. You, you, you say, what's God trying to do? He's trying to, t- he's trying to turn you into the habitation of Him. He's trying to turn you, us, into His temple. Mm. Mm. He wants us to look like the temple that's in the Old Testament. Outside the temple was the labor. That means they came and washed. He says, you should wash, you should be clean as the temple of God. You should be clean. As you go inside, there's the table, the showbread there. He said, you should eat of the Holy Word. Amen. There's, there's a, the, scent, kind of the scent offering, the burning scents. See, you ought to have a sweet-smelling Savior. If you are God's temple, let me ask you this question. If you are God's temple, is the Lord comfortable living in you? Is He comfortable living in you? We have a problem of grieving the Spirit of God. Something that He's created, something that He's made, and something He inhabited. But yet we grieve Him. I have to confess. I have grieved the Lord. You say, what are you doing about it? I'm letting Him keep working on me. That when I know I grieve him as Father, I'm sorry. I should not have said that. Should not have thought that. I, 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 I keep working on me. Keep moving those things out of me. Get it out of me. I try my best to avoid the things I should not do. And let God work on me more. Here's the danger in the Christian life. When you get to the place where you don't want God working on you anymore. You get to the place, don't convict me. 
Don't deal with me. Don't confront me. Just let me be what I want to be. And if you're in that condition this morning, you're in bad shape. You're in bad shape. For those who read my weekly uh, devotion, it'll be out tomorrow morning. And it's called Truth. Truth. We see the habitation of his workmanship. Let me show you the holiness of his workmanship. Verse number 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now watch what his workmanship is. Bring us to, I want to say this. I am not working to be saved. I am not working to be saved. Y'all awake? Amen. I'm sure. You need to call an ambulance and see if you're breathing. I am not working to be saved. I'm working because I'm saved. I do what I do because I'm saved. I do what I do because God moved in me and now I want to do something for God. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourself. You can't, you can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't do nothing for it. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The problem with a lot of people is they're trying to say, I'm saved. And that's all to it. That's not all to it. There is sanctification, holiness, separation, welcome of God, reading the Bible more. You should, you should walk in them a lot more. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people believe once I come to the altar and make a confession of faith, I'm good to go. I can live any way I want to. That's not biblical. There is a change. And if you are saved, then somebody moved in and start changing you. I'm not saying you're sinless perfection I'm just saying you might make mistakes now and then but once you do you realize it and you say Lord forgive me of that and keep moving on if you have to keep coming to the altar over and over and over repenting for the same thing you repented for last year you've got problems I'm just saying don't get mad at me well I took a drink last night I'm going to ask God to forgive me well you've been asking for 52 weeks You know, there comes a time God ain't going to listen. As soon as you get up, walk to the altar, God says, shut the door. I ain't going to listen to that. He's going he's to ask the same thing. Lord, forgive me for getting drunk on Saturday night. Really? Maybe you ought to start coming to church on Saturday night. You won't have to ask God to forgive you on Sunday morning. If you need to, call me. I'll open the door and come on in. Amen. I don't have a problem with that. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, in light of all the first three verses, 
Therefore, in all that I've said in the first three verses, the prisons of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you are called. According to Paul, since we are saved, because he did the work of salvation, now you and I now have to show that we have been, wait a minute. Paul, I don't understand you. Since I got saved, that's just between me and God. Just between me and God. But God says, since I saved you, I want you to show everybody else that you have been saved. Therefore, I want you to walk in the light. I want you to walk in the newness. I don't want you still tripping over the same things you tripped over last year. I want you to be moving forward. We've got to move forward. Paul said that we got to just say everybody that. What you find in chapter 1, 2, and 3 of Ephesians, we deal with the position, our position in Christ. Chapters 4, 5, and 6 deals with the practical outworking of those things he has shown us how to live. We should be letting the work of God go on in us every day. What is the work of God in us? What, what does this say about the work that God is going on in us? First of all, our stand. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed and to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. We are not to be just like a lot of churches and just keep moving from fad to fad to fad. Well, that church over there has got light shows. That church over there has got smoke screens. We're not to keep being swayed. We're to take the word of God and let God deal with us here. Some churches just fly off the handle when something happens and they just want to grab it inside a church. They want the latest attractions. They want the latest singers. Can I say... The way we have it around here is the old-fashioned way, and I'm not ashamed of it. We'll keep doing it as long as I'm here. I'm just going to keep letting God work on us here in our way. He wants us to become holy in our stand. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. He said, you need to become holy in your stand. And, and it's time the Christians start standing. Amen. Look at the world. Where are the Christians in this world today? <laughs> Why are you afraid? You know, have you not read the Bible? You are victorious. Bible says to be absent from this body, to be present with the Lord if you're born again. So why you sit around, <laughs> they hate me. I don't care. Hate me to death. Amen. Good grief. 
But that's where we're at today. We, we, we haven't stand on things that we should be standing. So God said you need to be holy in your stand. We should be holy in our speaking, verse number 15. But speaking with the truth and love may grow up in Him and all things, which is the head, even Christ. Don't just stand, speak up. That's good advice for all of us. It's up for the preacher. I know how to stand. I know how to speak up. I just don't know how to shut up. Everybody looking at the watch. <laughs> you should be holy in your stand. You should be holy in your speech. You should be holy in our separation. This I, verse 17, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as you used to be, not the way you were as Gentiles, in advantage their mind. Can I say this? I am so sorry, so sorry that you cannot live like the world. This idea of saying, well, everybody else is doing it. That has nothing to do with anything. I don't care if they go to church and doing that. That has nothing to do with it. You're commanded to walk like God, not like the lost world. Separate yourself from yourself. Verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation. The old man, which is corrupt according to the seatful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and pit ye on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Separate yourself from your own mindset. Get under a new mindset. Chapter 5, verse number 7. Be ye not there partakers with them. Verse 11. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful workers of darkness, but rather reprove them. What we're talking about here this morning is hardly practiced in the Christian world today. We've gotten so relaxed on allowing things to get inside the church and take root and grow. When God has commanded us to stand, to speak, separate yourself from all these things. You're to be holy and be filled with the Spirit, verse 18. Be not drunk with new wine, but wear in excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. The Lord is working on us to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. Let me ask you a question. Does the Spirit of God control your emotions? Does the Spirit of God control your tongue? I'm just asking you, ask yourself. Is there any point in your life where, I, where I'm doing what I'm saying 
And it would point to me submitting myself to the Spirit of God and doing what He wants me to do. What comes out of my mind is what He wants to come out of my mind. If I feel it or I say it, that's the mentality we have in the Christian world today. If I think it, it's coming out my mouth. Are you yielding yourself to the control of the Holy Spirit this morning? That's, that's what he's working on us to be. The worst thing, listen, the worst thing a child of God could be, don't take it the wrong way, but the worst thing a child could be is yourself. Well, who should I be? What the Lord wants you to be. And that's be more like Jesus. He wants us to be holy in our songs. I mean, if you go to church and they're singing songs and it sounds like you're rap, it just might be. If it's so loud you can't understand anybody saying anything, I'd leave. Verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. He, he wants you to be holy in how we treat our spouses. Husbands. Everybody, don't, don't bow your head down now. It's too late. God wants you to be holy how you treat your spouse. Wives. Do you treat your husband like Jesus treats the church? He said, well, husband, love your wife as I love the church. But he said, hey, wives, you've got a part too. There's so much God wants us to be holy in. And all these things He's working on us. He's still working on me. Did you stand this morning and say, he's still working on me? Hey, my wife knows he's still working on me. I'm not all that I should be. But I'm trying my best. If I knew what I knew 45 years ago, my wife and I would not have had all the battles we had. He's still working on me. He wants us to be holy in our service to Him. Chapter 6, verse 6. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. He's working on us to be continually holy. Are you trying to submit to this. Are you trying to submit to what God is trying to do to you? He's trying to fix you up with holy things in your life. We see this workmanship, the holiness of it. You see the habitation of it, and I'm, I'm about done. We see his, the help in the workmanship. Go back to chapter 2, verse 10. 
For we are his workmanship. Can I say I cannot do this on my own? All the things that we just talked about, you can't do on your own. I can't think right. I can't talk right. I can't live right. I can't treat my family right. We can't be Christians that we need to be. I cannot do this on my own. You say, why? I'm still in this old dirty flesh. I have not arrived yet. My flesh loves sin. And it's just like your flesh. I haven't conquered my flesh. I don't believe any of us can stand and say, I have my flesh under control. Because that's a lie. Philippians 2.13 for it is God which worketh in you both to will and do His good pleasure. Listen to me. The Lord started to work on us. I didn't get up one day and say, well, I think I'll get saved today. No, <laughs> it didn't happen that way. I'll just start walking with God today. It didn't happen that way. No, He saved me. Now he's working a good work in me, which I submit myself to, because we cannot do this on our own. So how is he building us? He's doing it with tools. I told you, when you build a house, you've got to have the right tools. I've got some tools I don't know what they're for. You've got to have the right tools. When you build a, a house, everybody knows these, these T-squares. Things squared all the I can't do that. And believe it or not, I talk about building houses and, and, and uh, doing cars. I, I took shop in high school, and I took automotive in high school. But I found out taking those two classes... I was at a wizard at talking out and getting out of things. <laughs> I found that the teacher needed help, and I could just do that. Whole year in automotive mechanics and never got grease on these hands at all. <laughs> Not once. If I see it on the door handle, I'll make somebody else wipe it off. I don't like grease on my hands. <laughs> I tried working for Ryder one time. He says, what are you going to do? Well, you need to change all that stuff. I says, can I wear gloves? <laughs> wear what you want to. I don't like that. But. you you got to have the right tools. Can I say this? God has got, given you and us the right tools for Him to work on us each and every day. The tool is like a hammer. It is a fire. It is a plow. It is a seed. It is a sword. And it's like nails. We've been reading from the tool all morning long. If you want God to do something in your life, He does it through nothing else and nothing less the Word. Submit yourself to the Word of God. That's how He will transform you. Paul said in Acts 20, And now, brethren, I commend you to God 
and to the word of His grace, which able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. He's able to build you up. Are you making any progress in God building program this morning? I know it's not one of those messages. Well, I want to come and shout and pray. Well, you should have shouted. You should have. Ah, right, I'm the building project of God. I'm the workmanship. Yeah, praise God. Most people want to come to church. I want to hear that. It's not always that way. See, the first three chapters, the first part of Ephesians, we dealt with doctrine things that we need to know. His will, His body, His blood, His flesh. His glory. We took three weeks on His glory alone. But now we're getting into those things that we had to show the outward appearance of what God is doing on the inside of us. And I want to make sure you get that. What God is doing on the inside coming out on the outside. If what you're showing on the outside is the same thing you was doing last week, week before, last year, Building projects certificate got pulled. You need to update your certificate. Amen. You know when you build a project and put that thing out there and you got all the certificates on there and all these things say, hey, this person's certified, this building, all that. Some of us need to come down and get recertified. If not, then your building's going to be dilapidated and rust down and somebody's going to come along and just throw it down and throw it over. And somebody else want to build over on your property. Is your building program increasing? 